Welcome to the Once Upon a Leader in Africa podcast with George Nudu. We invite you to listen to influencers and opinion shapers narrating their experiences from their leadership roles in Africa, from the world of business, community development, government, corporate, social enterprise, among others. We will glean from their good, bad and ugly side of their leadership journey and be inspired to overcome adversity, to pursue success against all odds, to be a great leader and many other lessons. Welcome to the podcast and here's George Nudu. Hello, Burak. How are you? I'm good, George. How are you? I'm well. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on this podcast. So I welcome you. Karibu sana. Asante sana. And uh, you're most welcome. And it is my pleasure. Burak, maybe you can just start by telling us a little bit just about yourself. Okay. Um, my name is Burak Büyüksaraj. I'm a Turkish businessman living in Tanzania since 13 years now. So I came to Tanzania back in 2010. And uh, that time I was, uh, I came as a managing director of a large uh, Turkish mining company here in Tanzania, as well as in DRC, Congo. Uh, and for five years, I, uh, I was the head of uh, those two companies. And then um, at the end, things didn't work out, and I decided to stay in Tanzania and start my own businesses. And um, I started with uh, a travel agency. That travel agency in time became a tour operator. And then the second company was uh, and is uh, a consultancy company where we are dealing with foreign investors coming to Tanzania, as well as East Africa in general, to Kenya too. And the third company is a, a security company. Uh, we have a security guards company in Tanzania. And the last one is a construction and furniture manufacturing company. So uh, as in the course of uh, from 20, 2010 to 2015, I was a professional. Uh, then 2015 till now, I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. Thank you so much. You're a business leader. I can say that. Thank you. Thank you. So just tell us a bit about your leadership role right now. We have four companies. All our companies are under a group, uh, which we call it BMS Group. So I'm the founder and CEO of BMS Group, uh, as well as uh, managing director of all our companies. So what are, what are your responsibilities as the MD and the CEO of these companies? Well, uh, there are many. First of all, I always um, find, uh, find differences between the, I would call them professional CEOs, where they are also employees, and CEOs such as myself as founders. So because we are running an entity which we created ourselves from A to Z, uh, of course, your responsibilities are much, I would say, different and maybe in some cases uh, more against, against your company, against yourself, as well as your, your employees. So anything, <laughs> anything you can imagine uh, from, from a CEO, whether it's on a smaller scale or not, it's part of my life. 
for for all my companies. When you say it's part of your life, what do you mean? I mean it doesn't start and ends with the working hours. It's it's it, it's it's my life. My companies are my my entities, my 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 babies, and growing growing children. So uh, when they are happy, I'm happy. When they are sad, I'm sad. And they are part of my daily life, twenty-four uh, hours, three hundred sixty-five days. Uh, that's 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 what I mean. So it's not like uh, even when I when I travel or when I take a leave, it's for us, for funders. It's 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 never a leave uh, because your mind, your your thoughts is always uh, with that business entity. Um, so some some might find this bit uh, unhealthy, uh, but that's the fact. Uh, I'm sure you are interviewing lo- lots of people such as myself. They will tell you the same thing. Uh, so it's, it's, just, it's just a constant part of my life, 24-7. 24-7, definitely, yeah. When you're a founder and uh, a CEO like you, it's a big part of you. So when can you say your leadership journey began? Before I came to Tanzania, I was uh, working for a big corporation in Turkey, and I had uh, I held some executive positions such as you know sales manager, marketing manager, and later on international sales manager, international marketing manager. But I would say my true leadership uh, journey started with my arrival to Tanzania. That's when I became the managing director of a company. And uh, so that was a, a different experience and it was on another level comparing to my former executive experiences. Have you ever held any other leadership positions or titles outside work? Well, I'm a, I'm a board member in the American Chamber of Commerce in Tanzania. Uh, I'm a member since a long time, but uh, I became a board member last year. I'm also a member of CEO Roundtable uh, in Tanzania. Uh, and some other associations, uh, I'm, a, I'm in the board of several uh, charity uh, uh, NGOs. So, yeah. Well, thank you. It's good to know that uh, you're engaged in other organizations, also in the NGO. Well, that's really nice. So when you, when you look at your leadership style, what are some of the abilities or skills that you have learned or are demonstrating to help you uh, lead your companies well? Well, I would say um, most importantly, empowering, um, educating, and dedicating. <laughs> I always try to uh, empower and um, delegate as much as work as I can to my to my employees, rather than try to uh, micromanage everything myself. However, for me, the real difference comes here. While I'm trying to empower and delegate work, um, I make sure that I always know my craft, know my business, because without, without knowing my business with all its aspects, um, I can't really train my employees or my people effectively. So yes, I try to delegate work, but when I delegate, I keep a close eye uh, on the process 
from beginning till the end. And I always assist them whenever they need assistance. So in a way, um, we work together for that specific particular project, let's say, even though I delegated that work, but I assist them until the end. And I know my craft, I know my business. Uh, so that is the way I operate. What or who can you say has influenced your leadership development the most? I can't really say that I had one role model. Um, instead, what I always try to do is um, finding positive features in the other leaders, especially the ones I'm uh, physically meeting with. Um, I, I'm a very social person and uh, I, I do networking a lot. So I get to meet with many uh, other business leaders from different sectors, from different backgrounds in Tanzania and as well as when I travel. So, and each one of them are having different business and leadership qualities. One might have a good financial skills, you know, the other uh, marketing abilities, uh, other maybe he's very good at closing sales and other might have great people and uh, social skills, etc. So what I try to do is to capture those qualities from all these different people, and I try to implement them into myself, especially in the areas where I feel like uh, I'm lacking. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very true what you're saying, because when we look at ourselves as leaders, we can't say we have everything. There are certain things that lack in us, and it is good what you're saying. So as, as you have been a founder and you have this responsibility of leadership, how do you keep your leadership edge sharp? Well, um, I don't think that that is a choice um, if you are leading, um, whether in business or in politics or in life in general. If you are a leader, that means you must constantly lead. And that process, whether you like it or not, will organically keep your edges sharp. And how, how do you do that? How do you keep your edges sharp? What do you do to keep it them sharp? It's an organic process. As long as you lead, you need to keep your edges sharp. It's, it, it goes hand, hand in hand. If, if you are not sharp, or you are not keeping your edges sharp, then you are you will fail at leading. Uh, so as long as long as I, I'm a leader in my businesses, in my communities, I need to keep my edges sharp. It's, it's it's not an option. It's not a choice. It's a it's a must, and it's it's an organic process. Just explain that organic process a bit more. What do you mean by that, please? As a founder and CEO and having several companies and uh, a good number of employees uh, and different businesses in different sectors, I'm constantly dealing with many challenges with different entities such as government entities or with clients, with private entities, HR, you know, related matters, uh, statutory uh, matters and issues. So that means you're in a constant challenging environment from morning till the end. And as I said previously, that for us, especially it's a never ending process, even, even at night or on a public holiday or when we are on leave, we are still in that. So 
what I meant with uh, organic process, doing all this, uh, facing all these challenges, uh, in a, all, also the positive challenges, seeing uh, your staff, your employee, employees uh, triumphing and your businesses are successing, uh, it, it's an amazing feeling. So seeing all this and ch- uh, facing all these challenges keeps your edges sharp. That's what I meant. So as long as you do this, uh, you don't have an option. Uh, it is that organic process uh, description is coming from that. Thank you. Well, thank you. Well said. Well said. You talk about challenges. What are some of the most challenging decisions you've ever made as a CEO and a founder? You know, um, myself being, uh, I, I can call myself a serial entrepreneur. Um, you might call it. Uh, my constant challenge is always is to whether or not get into a new business. Uh, because as I am as a person, um, I'm always comes up with new business idea, ideas or ideas on improving existing businesses or products. So, uh, and that leads to creating new businesses and companies. Uh, that's why in such a short time, we, uh, we incorporated so many new companies and we created so many new brands. However, that sometimes might be not feasible, uh, especially financially and in short and mid terms. But that is just an ur- urge and, uh, and the passion, which I, I, I cannot stop. So it's, it's just the way I am. So that, is, that might be my biggest challenge, but also maybe the best thing about the way I'm doing business. So I still don't know till this day which one is which. But so far, I'm happy the way I'm doing things. And that's important. As long as you're happy, the way you're doing things, that is, yeah. is important. What are some of the best decisions you've ever made? Well, this question somehow is very, uh, for me, related to the former question. Because interestingly enough, my best decisions when I'm looking back were always related to me diversifying my businesses. So for example, the COVID times were a perfect example for that. Uh, Our our first business, as I mentioned before, uh, is a travel company, a true operating company. And if I wasn't created other businesses, other companies, if I, I, I didn't diversify my, uh, my businesses, then we would have stuck uh, two years without any business and I wouldn't know what, well, what to do, you know? So we survived that time thanks to our other businesses, you know, our security business, our consultancy business and, and so forth. And so many people, especially in Tanzania, even in Kenya, I know, uh, they, the, the travel, travel agencies and tour operators, they suffered a lot. Hundreds of them, they closed business in, in Tanzania because that was the only business they were in. So I, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that don't do one business. That is also, that is also a good thing because you invest your time and your, uh, fi- your finances and your soul into one business and that business becomes successful. However, there are so many uh, unforeseen circumstances in, in life 
especially in today's world, whether it's economic or social or, uh, you know, uh, like such, such thing as pandemics. Uh, so one, once these uh, unforeseen circumstances arrive, then diversified businesses will always have an edge. They will, uh, they will have more options. Yeah, I agree with you. And they'll survive. They'll survive. Exactly. If failing, then other comes up. Exactly. Okay. Now, having come from Turkey and being in Africa for quite a long time, what can you say are the differences of leadership style and approach you may have executed back in Turkey and now here in Africa? What can you say about that? To me, the main difference is the human element and the culture. So outside of Africa, I mostly worked in Turkey. Therefore, I can only compare the two locations, let's say uh, between Turkey and Tanzania. Of course, Tanzania being a developing country and uh, as a country, they started uh, embracing capitalism kind of just recently. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a process. So, however, in Turkey, um, the corporate world is ruthless. You know, it's tough. There is, uh, there is no room for failure or even understanding. Uh, on, the, on the other hand, in Africa, especially in Tanzania, the culture is more easygoing and understanding. People are happier in the, in the corporate offices, in their working environments. They are not working like race horses the way people are working in, in, in Turkey, you know? Um, so corporate employees in Tanzania are occasionally, especially on special days, I'm seeing them, you know, singing, dancing and having fun. So that is, that is something almost impossible to see back in my country, uh, back in my home country. So coming back to your question, the main, the main difference is this human element and the culture. The cultures are so both cultures having its advantages and disadvantages. Of course, the, in Turkey or in European countries or so forth, efficiency is more. That's, that's true. But are those people are happy? They are not. So I think there must be a fine uh, balance in between. Uh, so people, maybe here, the corporate growth is not as efficient as as those European countries or as in Turkey, but people are happier. And uh, that's, I think that's also very, uh, very important. Um, so I don't know is who to decide which one is more important. So for countries development, maybe efficiency, yes, is more important, but a developed country where people are not very happy, I don't know if it's the, the, the real goal. So it's a, it's, a tricky, it's a tricky situation. Oh, yes. And it's true what you're saying, Murat. Another thing is just I'm curious, and maybe you can share this with us. You know, the, you deciding to do business in Tanzania as opposed to going back to Turkey, that must have been a tough decision. I'll be honest with you, it wasn't tough at all. Because at, the, at that time, I've already spent five years in Tanzania yeah. and in, in DRC. And um, 
I made a lot of connections, you know, a good network. And um, I saw the potential. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole world sees the potential in Africa. The, uh, believe me, the, the rest of the world is looking at Africa because there is no, there is no place left in the world. Uh, there is only Africa and South America. These are the only highly potential, you know, promising and uh, future businesses place uh, places. Um, so I, I, I know I knew about that potential. I could see that potential, and with the with the network I made and everything, it was an easy decision. I said, let me stay here and uh, try my luck. And uh, of course, I need to add. To, to stay here, you need to look at more mid-term and long-term. If you are a short-term projectionist, uh, if I was a person like that, I, I, I might have gone. But I looked at mid-term and I looked at long-term. So in long-term, this is the place to be. It's no doubt about it. It's a non, non-brainer. Okay. And maybe to be a bit personal, asking... When you told your family back in Turkey you're staying on, what was their response? You know, I, I was always uh, traveling. So after high school, uh, I, I left. Uh, I left Turkey to study in France. So I was there for four years, and I came back. And um, uh, I, in the company I was working, I was always dealing with foreign clients, and uh, so I was always traveling abroad. We had offices in Europe, in Germany, in Spain, in France. So I used to go there all the time. Then even before coming to Tanzania, I was in Libya uh, for almost a year. So uh, long story short, I was always uh, traveling. So for them, it was uh, it wasn't a surprise. <laughs> so they they, they were used to it. Yes, it. Okay, okay. So having been in Africa for quite some time now. What would you say in just generally, what do you think Africa needs in terms of their leadership to be able to develop faster and to be to benefit from the potential that you have said we have? What kind of leadership do you think Africa needs? You know, I, um, I hear similar questions in, uh, in many different uh, uh, meetings or symposiums or you know, these roundtable meetings which I'm attending. The, the way I think about this subject, I think above all, more than a leadership, it's a general mindset. So if people working harder and being more ambitious in what they are doing, in what they are doing, whether it's business or whatever they are doing, would work out for everyone, whether they are leaders or not. Um, so... In that sense, uh, it's not really about li- leadership. It's about the general mindset. People, people need to be more effective on what they are doing. And that's, that's for everyone, uh, from the bottom of the py- pyramid all the way to the top. And the day when we will be able to s- say without a second thought that these are hardworking people, you know, the, the way the way you, uh, you refer to Japanese people or the way you refer to South Korean people, that will be the day. The con- that the day the continent is not to excel, but already excelled. So 
overall, I'd say hardworking is, is, is the key. Being more effective is the key. Whether you are a leader or not, it's, it's not really about leadership. It's about a general mindset. I agree with you. I definitely agree with you. Maybe just to push that further, because you see from, you, you have a different upbringing and lensing from outside. What would it take for us in Africa to get that general mindset? It's, it's, it's not a day thing, of course. It will, it will take time. Uh, I, I think the key here is maybe the most important element is education. Uh, so the, the, the governments need to invest more and more in education. That's one thing. You know, Tanzania being a, a country with uh, socialist background and behaviors, sometimes they... They, people don't like to hear the word uh, capitalism, but they need to understand and approach this 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 word this this concept from a different angle. So, what is better for them? You know how you can reach to that better life. If they approach this concept from that angle, I'm sure they can embrace that concept in a much better way. So, coming back to your question. Embracing capitalism is, whether you like the concept or not, is important. Education is extremely important. We can put 100 different uh, topics into this matter, but everything starts with education. So I would say education about everything, embracing capitalism and giving time. But when you are giving time, it doesn't mean that there shouldn't be a, a timeline. Uh, it's, it's not like never endless, as soon as possible, you know, because today's world is, is uh, growing in an extremely rapid uh, phase. So if you want to be competitive with the rest of the world, with all your natural resources, with your, all your young population, with all your potential and, you know, dynamic and growing economies, if you don't do this and you don't work hard and you don't invest in education, you will lag behind. That is my, my view on this point. Oh, wow. And I agree. That's so true. Well said. Well said, Barack. So when you look at your leadership style and approach, how can you describe that? Well, um, as previously mentioned, empowering, educating, and delegating, it's, uh, it's, it's my style. Uh, but at the same time, knowing my craft throughout my businesses, what we do, our products, our services, so that I can help my people when, when they need my help. Me being the, a, a, a master of my craft, of my businesses. So I need to know what, I, what we are doing inside and out so that I can be helpful to the rest of the team. So that is, that is my style. That is my approach. I know earlier you touched on some of the challenges you've gone through. You talked generally. Maybe, Burak, sharing what are some of the, the challenges that you have faced even as a founder building your business? I know it's not, it's not, a, it's not easy. It's not easy, especially uh, being a foreigner here in this country and establishing new businesses. It's, it's, it's quite challenging. Uh, from many different aspects. 
But one aspect I can tell you also, the, the resistance from the existing companies and brands and business people towards uh, expatriates or, uh, or foreign investors such as myself, it's something really there. People, people are not always uh, talking about these things, but uh, ask anyone who is in, the, in my position, they will, they will tell you the same. So they don't want you to succeed. For example, um, local Tanzanians, they have no issues with that. Whether you bring something new or not, uh, they, they, they go on with their life. They, in most cases, they even appreciate that new approach you bring into the business or into the sector. But uh, some other communities or existing uh, businesses, uh, somehow they, they don't like that competition. They become, they become jealous. So was this a real challenge? Maybe at the beginning, but it's also a, a tool for motivation to me. You know, I, I see these people who are trying to block my path and just overcoming that challenge and going through it, it's, uh, it's something I, I love doing it. So my point being, there will always be challenges uh, for everyone. The key is to see those challenges as a way to succeed to your goal, as a tool to jump on it, jump over it, and just proceed and reach where you want to reach. Uh, if, if you have that mindset, I think uh, any challenge is beatable. Oh, yes, there'll always be challenges. You know, whether you're a local person or you're a foreigner, as you get into business and every area of your life and just having that mindset, I like what you have said. It's a, it's a motivation. So that is mm -hmm. really good. In the long term, when you look at your legacy, how would you like to establish it as a leader? Above all, I would like to be remembered as a, as a good man, a good leader, a people's man. You know, that is the human element in my legacy, which I would like to have. But on the business side of it, I would like my businesses to become leading businesses in their respective sectors. If, if I have a company in tourism, I would like that company to be one of the leading tourism companies in that sector. And uh, same for security, same for consultancy or construction or furniture. And also being a, a foreign businessman in this beautiful country, I would like to have a nice success story, you know, especially the other foreign-owned businesses. So that, that, that's, the, that's the legacy I would like to leave behind. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I wish you all the best, Rak, as you, as you do that. Uh, thank you for choosing to be in Africa. You'd have, chosen, you'd have stayed in Europe, but you chose to be in Africa. And thank you for the impact that you're having through your four companies. Any final thoughts or words before we say goodbye? Well, uh, thank you for having me. It's, uh, it was truly a pleasure. And, uh, you know, while I'm answering your questions, it's also a way for me to go through my own thoughts and my own past. And uh, also that's helping me to see something sometimes that I was not thinking for so long. It's a, it's a tool of reminder 
and uh, it's a tool of uh, motivation. I have to say, I really enjoyed this talk, and uh, I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for accepting, and I wish you all the best. Hopefully, next time I come to Dar es Salaam, I will look for you. You are most welcome, and once I'm in Nairobi, I will look for you as well. Okay, thank you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. We hope you're leaving with insights that will help you live and lead better. We appreciate our sponsors, BNG Consultants Limited and BNG Center for Leadership Coaching for keeping us on air. Bye for now. See you in our next episode.